Hello and welcome to Leeds Voices, the weekly podcast brought to you by the University of Leeds. I'm Alex Regan and this week we've been talking to Leeds alum and Vice World reporter Hint Hassan. Hint studied medicinal chemistry at Leeds but now broadcasts from the most hostile environments in the world. And last year she found herself at the centre of an armed bank raid in Lebanon. The difference between this raid and others was that the armed depositors were not stealing, they were trying to get their own money out of the bank. Ed Newbold spoke to her earlier this year and started by asking her, what is it like to report from an armed raid? I never in a million years thought that at some point in my career I would be inside an armed bank raid uh, in Lebanon witnessing what was happening and reporting for 16 hours from inside that bank raid. And I just have to clarify... You know, for anyone who, for the many people that wouldn't have seen that report, the people who were carrying out the bank raid were depositors, Lebanese depositors, who were being denied access, they say illegally, to their savings by the banks as a result of this huge economic crisis that was caused by corruption. And so they were going in there to demand their own money back so that they could use it to pay for the education of their family members or for healthcare or for medicine, for life-saving medicine. If you are an individual whose family member is dying and desperately needs help, for example, one of the women that we spoke to in that report, her sister was, her sister had brain cancer and needed urgent treatment. Her sister has a young daughter who could potentially be left without a mother if she didn't get treatment. And her money was locked in a bank. And according to Lebanese law, what the banks were doing was illegal. And so what we wanted to do is show why they were acting the way that they were acting and also pose a question to the viewer. What would you do in that situation? We all live in our comfortable homes and in our environments. We couldn't ever imagine going to a bank and being told, no, you can't actually have this money to get treatment, cancer treatment for your sister or whoever. And so we want to show these situations in the world where people are taking extreme action, where things are happening, and we want people to empathize and be able to put themselves in that situation and question what they would do. Life before Leeds was Hull, and before Hull it was Iraq. But so I was born in Iraq, but my parents moved to the UK when I was very young, I was three or four because um, my dad got a scholarship to study. Because my entire family did sciences, um, it was like, I always, it was never really like an option to be able to explore other subjects. It was, science was the only way that I was going to go forward. And I knew that I didn't have what it took to do medicine and the study and lifelong studying. And chemistry was something I think that always appealed to me. So I thought, go down the chemistry path. I enjoyed organic chemistry so that's why I looked at the different options and what there were available I did not want to stay in Hull um, Leeds was such a great city and I always remember the big grand steps of Leeds University and how great they looked and it's quite aspirational for somebody who you know grew up in grew up in Hull and uh, you know had dreams of going to university elsewhere and so I kind of just had my heart set on going to Leeds and that was it Leeds was such an incredible campus Everybody is in one place. There's like thousands of people. The union was just so active and there were 
all these different groups and societies and it was it just really I loved it I enjoyed it and it appealed to me and and so pretty much as soon as I got into Leeds I started making these friendships and being part of these different groups and then being involved in the student paper and it, you know it's strange now I'm still in touch with a lot of the people who I met on the student paper some of them are my very good friends and then there's other people that I've come across in the industry as a journalist later on. Um, and I got involved in student politics. I was on the student council. And it just, that started overtaking my focus on the course and the degree. And it started taking up a lot of my time. And I realized that this is what I was passionate about. This is what I wanted to do. It was also during the time that the United States and its allies, including the United Kingdom, had gone to war um, with Iraq. The, in my eyes, there were a lot of injustices that were taking place. I was interested in elevating the voices of um, people who had experienced injustice. And I didn't know how I, I was going to do that, whether it would be through working with NGOs or whether it would be working as a you know in politics or journalism and I think journalism just appealed to me because it, it's not necessarily about you as an individual pushing forward your opinions it was about elevating the voices of others I had my heart set on it like I had my heart set on going to Leeds University I decided that this was also the route that I wanted to take it was very daunting because master's degrees are very expensive and my parents were not too pleased with the idea of me leaving chemistry or science. Yeah, I had I had like a buffer year. So after I finished my degree in chemistry, I ended up working in the student union. I was elected as the equality and diversity officer. And so during that year, I put in all the applications. I tried to find all the scholarships and I used that time to assess the direction and try to make what I wanted to do a reality. And Luckily for me, it all worked out. I ended up getting into a master's degree at City University and the National Union of Journalists um, gave me a scholarship which allowed me to pay for my degree. So at the first place I did, I, I started work experience at Al Jazeera and then after a few days of doing work experience at Al Jazeera, I got the call from Sky News who then said, look, we're gonna give you some freelance shift and so that was the first paid work that I got to do as a journalist, was a producer for Sky News. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Uh, and I will, I, my first, the first, the first shifts that I did were the overnight shifts working on the morning show. And they were, you know, 11 hours, 10 hours, 11 hours, very often, over a weekend so I'd work Thursday through to Monday doing these 10 11 hour shifts a lot of it included you know photocopying newspapers and um running around producing different news reports it was exhausting it was really tough it was not what I wanted to do or imagined what when I envisaged myself as a journalist it definitely wasn't as you know a, a producer on overnight shifts but those years and what I learned 
over the years at Sky News and then and at Al Jazeera, I think have been so incredibly useful and I'm still applying those skills now in the work that I do. So it definitely, the graft was worth it in the end. I never thought of quitting because I had an aim. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew the stories I wanted to work at, on. And until I got to work on those stories, I never thought of quitting. There were moments that were very, very hard. I remember when I was still at City University, I was doing some work experience and I managed to get work experience at Sky News actually, where I ended up working, but with radio, with Sky Radio. And one of the days that I was there, I remember the manager on shift was like, oh, I've got a great story for you. It's brilliant. You're going you're gonna to really like this. And I was like super excited. What is this going to be? What politician are they giving me? What story am I going to do? This is so great. And he was like, we want you to go and interview Claire from Steps. She's got a weight loss DVD that's coming out. So you can go to her house and do an interview with her. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. Okay, it's not the dream interview that those people let me do this. And then I went to Claire from Steps house. And when I got in and started the interview, she had a dog and I can't remember, I think I like choked on a dog hair or something. I started hysterically coughing throughout the interview. My eyes were watering. Claire from Steps is just looking at me like, are you okay? For the rest of the interview, I was just trying to get my words out, but still wanting to cough and was still choking. And then I left and I just remember being stood outside being like, I should have just done what my parents wanted me to do, but I persevered and, you know, things got, it's, it's still as hard work as it was from day one, but it definitely got more rewarding. Women are still facing a lot of issues. There's still a huge focus on the way that we look, on the way that we do our hair, uh, whether we wear makeup, if we're not wearing makeup, our age, we're definitely facing a lot of these issues. It's improving, but it's still something that exists in not just journalism, but I think in all different workplaces. But I think for me, it's also important to emphasize that it's not just that that is an issue. There are many other factors that can that come into play and can be obstacles for people, women and men. And that includes class. And I don't think we talk about class enough. We don't talk about why, how journalism is remains an elitist industry, why there are such a disproportionate number of people come from private school backgrounds. And I think we need to definitely make more of an effort to diversify newsrooms way more than what we're doing now. And I'm not just talking about uh, employing people from different, you know, employing women or people from different backgrounds, but also ensuring that we are tapping into working class communities so that people feel represented when they watch the news. I think one of my frustrations at Sky was I really wanted to do international news, but you know, it's a big organization. There were lots of people who worked there. There were people doing international stories and it was very difficult to get uh, those opportunities. And then when I went to Vice, within, a fa within the first month, I said to them, at the time there was an offensive against ISIS. So, you know, ISIS had um, occupied large areas of land in Iraq and Syria uh, and they, there was an offensive against the group in Mosul in Iraq and there were loads of displaced people coming out of those areas. There were a lot of you know, abuses and atrocities that, was, that were taking place. And I said to the bosses, look, I'm from Iraq. I speak Arabic. I understand the region. Let me go. Again, you know, so grateful for the bosses at the time who, who let me do that. What I think journalism is really about 
It's about elevating the voices of those with less power. It's about addressing imbalances of power. What is great about Vice News is we, uh, we get the opportunity to speak to people and put those voices out for longer. So our reports are, you know, our, our reports at Vice News are longer than a, a standard news report. When we go and we meet somebody and we want to hear their story, we don't just go in and take 30 seconds from them and move on. We will go and we will visit them the next day and the third day and the fourth day. And we will try and follow through experiences with them. When we report, and when we want to show people's experiences, we want the viewer to be able to feel like they know that person in front of them, that they empathize with them, that they understand them. They, we want them to see them as human beings. And I think at Vice, I've, we've had an opportunity to do that because of the format of how we work, the fact that we can spend more time with people. In the past two years, it's been, we've mainly reporting from Jerusalem, um, the West Bank, Afghanistan, Lebanon, uh, Syria. Just recently, we, were, we did a story on an attempted prison break by ISIS in one of the prisons in Northern, Northern Syria. I, I like what I do now, Enjoy seems sometimes the wrong word because you're often just seeing horrible things and hearing people's heartbreaking stories. But I would say that the biggest privilege of this job is being allowed into people's lives and being trusted by people to tell their stories. And absolutely the most incredible thing that the most incredible thing about doing the job that we do is getting to speak to people and know people from different communities and see their lives and understand them and see all the inspiring people and meeting inspiring people wherever you go. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Leeds Voices. It was presented and edited by me, Alex Regan. Your producer and reporter was Ed Newbold. Leeds Voices is brought to you by the University of Leeds Advancement Team. You can follow us on social media at Leeds Alumni or get in touch by email at alumni at leeds.ac.uk. Leeds Voices.